Journey Tell podcast, and I'm your host, Sean Donati. I believe life is about the journey, not the destination. To find the journey in every step of the road, the highs and lows, the twists and turns, the ups and downs, and that it's in those moments that makes life so beautiful. Our guest today has a journey of his own. Marvin Washington is a former NFL player who played a total of 11 years with three teams, the New York Jets, the Denver Broncos, and the San Francisco 49ers. He was a member of the Denver Broncos. He also won a Super Bowl. Please help me welcome Marvin to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Sean. I want to start by just talking about that, your your lengthy career. Um, what does that feel like? How does it feel to have a career that any child, any person would probably dream to have? You just take it year by year. And the first few years, you're just trying to figure it out. Then when you're in the middle, you're, you're trying to have a career. And then when you look back on it, uh, that I played three times the NFL average is, you know, it's really good, you know. And there was two types of players in, in the NFL, those that uh, have been fired and those that will be fired. And eventually I became that and my career ended, you know. So that's what the NFL is all about. I was just looking at my phone. One of my good friends of football just got fired as a Giants uh, offense coordinator you know, two days before Thanksgiving. So the, the NFL definitely stands for not for long, but I made it a little longer than uh, it was supposed to be. And you see news like that about your friend and you've walked that walk, you've walked in those shoes. How do you respond to that? What do you do? It's How do you part of the game. Nobody stays there long unless, you know, you have tremendous success like Bill Belichick, you know, that's been with the Patriots for 20 something years. But, uh, you know, look at my former teams uh, from the Jets to the, Broncos to the 49ers since 2000, they've probably gone through 15 coaches. And that that's just the way it is. You know, it's a results-oriented uh, business. And, and the bottom line is the win on the field. And if you don't win, they try to replace you and get somebody that does. So that's the way it is. The NFL, not for long. What's the pressure like? Knowing that's the possibility at the end of each season, what's that have to feel like? <laughs> From a player? You're used to it, you know, uh, and it's, it's, it comes with it. But it's probably different because I, you know, I haven't played in 20 years. And so now I, I can't imagine it with the social media presence, uh, with the press, particularly in a major population hub like New York, there's added pressure with that social media and, 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 and things of that nature. But, you know, the guys that can handle it better, the best and can compartmentalize it and concentrate and focus on their jobs. Those are the guys that uh, play and, and, and stick around. You were a voice for former NFL players in the NFL concussion lawsuit. You addressed the truth about the outcome as well as the effects of, um, of, of, of having these types of injuries. Can you touch on that and um, talk about why it was important for you to have this voice in this magnitude? The NFL's industrial disease is chronic traumatic encephalopathy, better known as CTE. And it's touch, you know, ex-teammates of mine, peers I've played against and they've dealt with these mood and behavior dis disorders all the way up to suicide. I, lucky enough, was able to develop this platform and I want to use it to bring attention and light to the situation. Uh, not only about, you know, the cold head injury, but also about opiate addiction for former players, but, um, and, and, and a solution to it. And I think I found the solution 
uh, one of the solutions that the NFL should look at, look at. And, you know, when I first got into the, the, the industry that, that I'm in now, there was only a handful of guys that were speaking out about, you know, uh, plant-based treatment uh, as an alternative to the opiates and benzodiazepines that the players have been poisoned with. And uh, now we have over, you know, we have hundreds probably close to a thousand that, that are speaking about this issue and I'm just lucky that I was a part I'm, I'm a part of it and I think that if the NFL wants to remain the number one sports league in the world they're going to have to solve that CTE uh, brain disease problem that they have and I, I think they're smart enough to figure it out. Let's dive a little bit deeper into what you're talking about. What were your findings? Well my findings was I'm in the uh, the cannabis industry and one of the cannabinoids in, in the cannabis plant is CBD that does it, doesn't have any psychotropic effect, doesn't get you high, doesn't get you stoned, but it has all these medicinal benefits. And one of my findings was that the government, the NIH has a patent, patent 6630507, says CBD acts as a neuroprotectant, a neuroprotectant, so it can protect your brain, and antioxidant for the brain in relationship to concussions. So I followed that path, and I know that a helmet is not supposed to stop a concussion. A helmet is supposed to stop like an open head fracture. You know, only thing that's going to stop a concussion uh, is playing without helmets, and, and football is not going to do that. So let's look at the science. And so the science is there. You know, the, science, the government has a patent on it. The government spends over 500 million dollars a year sending it to, over to Israel so Dr. Raphael Meshulam can study this plant and he came to the same conclusion and even there they've used it in with some of the Israeli soldiers that uh, had experience with IUDs uh, and, and, and got their you know got a concussion and, and, and what have you they've used it and, and it's had promising results and so that's how I want to make football safer uh, for my generation quality of life, current players and future players to play this game without having a brain disease. The second thing that we can get off into is opiate addiction. Uh, whenever cannabis, CBD is introduced to a community, opiate addiction goes down anywhere from 15 to 25%. Well, former NFL players, there's 20,000 of us, we abuse opiates four times more than general society. And we know what's happening with general society with opiates. It's it's, it's touching every fabric of, of our community. So it's, it's running ripshod through former players because we're introduced to them early. Um, what's the kind of, what, what's the response that you're getting back from this? Um, great response so far. You know, when I first got into this over, you know, eight, nine years ago, it was a matter of, you know, when, 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 when. Now it's just if. Uh, now players are not getting suspended anymore for using uh plant-based medicine for treatment and, 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 and stress-related things. And uh, the NFL has finally seen the light and they put out, they're going to be given grants to study the medicinal benefits of this plant, which is, you know, tremendous because other, other leagues are going to follow. But the NFL, you know, they own Sundays. They own Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, you think about Thursdays and Thanksgiving, you think about football, but absolutely they finally are, are are wrapping their heads around this that, you know, it is medicine. 
and it can be helped to treat their industrial disease, which is CTE. Were you nervous to step out there and be a voice in this capacity? Um, and, and, and the other end of this question that, that I wanna ask is, have you received any type of hate mail or um, some negative, was there a negative component that came along with this too? Uh, for, for the first question, uh, last question first about uh, feedback, negative feedback, just sort of some idiots on Twitter you know, that I have an open page and whatever, just from idiots like that. But as far as the NFL goes, they were resistant at first or the professional sports leagues that I'm talking to, they were resistant at first. Now they're receptive. I'm not coming in to say, you know, let your players do this, that, and the other. I'm just saying, follow the science. That's all I want you to do is follow the science on this plant and you'll come to the logical conclusion and their conclusions are already there. You just have to follow it and be open to it. And I believe they have. I think, you know, uh, with, with my homegirl from, from Dallas, Shakari Richardson, uh, she's going to be the last athlete that we know of that's going to get suspended behind this plant because everybody's looking at it as medicine now. Oh, you think so? You think that that, that was the final straw? Yeah, it's going to push water to move. They already have it as a, as a non- uh, it's, it's not a performing enhancer, you know, but they just have to take it off their ban list and they're going to do it. You know, they've already said that after the uh, Olympics were over that they're going to, you know, have that under discussion. So we're moving the right way, man. We're, we're, we're getting that. I know that you also lobby the NFL Players Association to push for changes in sports drug policies. How important was it for you to be that voice in that capacity with the Players Association? And was there any pushback in that room uh, when you when you put your voice out there? Uh, it was at first because they didn't know. You know, you got to realize this was back in 2015 and 14 when I started this. You know, and in one of my first conversations I had with an executive at the uh, PA was like, we're not going to let our players ingest marijuana. I said, well, I don't want them to. And, but by the time we got off the call, phone call, which was like an hour later, he wanted more information. And we've been in contact since. And I believe that me and the other guys had been pound, pounding and knocking on the door for the Players Association uh, had, had a lot to do with the NFL taking it off and quit to finding these players and suspending these players, uh, humiliating these players in the public forum, that's over, you know, and, and, and that's what we wanted. So now we're on to the next step of introducing this as medicine, introducing it to their team doctors and team trainers and let these guys medicate to it. That's, that's our next uh, hill to climb. In your opinion, if what you're what the information that you're getting from um, from other people and the work that you're doing, how common and how severe is the concussion issue in the NFL? Well, you can look at it. You know, the NFL puts out the stats every year about concussions. They have a concussion protocol. You can't stop concussions. It's just it's just part of the game. Uh, you know, the NFL made all these safety changes and what have you, and actually concussions went up uh last year and then you know the concussion that you get you know just hitting the back of your head uh not not player to player those have remained steady so it's it's part of the game so let's get to the science and let's get a solution for it. 
After football, you then began to work in the financial planning industry. And I think what's so interesting is that you see you work for William Small Wealth Management Group. Uh, and what you did for 10 years is that you advised high, uh, high net worth individuals, primarily NFL and NBA players. Um, obviously, that was what you did. You walked that walk. So you're able to really talk that talk um, and, and really help and advise these athletes. Um, Talk about the importance of, of wealth building for athletes um, and, and what was the biggest lesson you learned on that 10 year journey of doing that? Uh, save more you spend, <laughs> but it's not only for athletes, it's for everybody, you know? And I have a buddy that, that is still in that industry and uh, He's in Florida, and some of his clients, they've turned this issue, this, this COVID issue, into a political issue, then get vaccinated. And one of the biggest things that he tried to tell people was to save, get your financial house in order, because GoFundMe is not life insurance. Mm -hmm. And you see, not only with athletes, but regular, ordinary people, when an, when an emergency comes, they don't have that rainy day fund. You know? And then athletes can make enough where they can live off it for life. And that's what you want to want to tell them, particularly, you know, when you talk about football and uh, I feel like that's being an activist and being an advocate for my community because NFL is over 75% black and you get these players and their parents and what have you from outside of uh, checking and savings, they really don't know. So you have to educate them. And that, that's what I tried to do. And I feel like I'm still doing the same thing. I'm still helping people. I'm still doing outreach and trying to make guys' lives better. Uh, because as you get older, uh, you know, the hashtag is on, uh, you know, on Twitter and social media, your, 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 your wealth is your health. And as I get older, I see that to be so true. So they go hand in hand, but I feel like I'm helping on that part too. What's, uh, what are three tips you could offer an athlete that may be watching or listening? Um, what, are, what are three tips that you wanna offer them in this moment? Uh, just one, work hard, you know? Uh, you, you gotta really work hard and the harder you work, the luckier you get. So that's the, the first tip because there's nothing's gonna work without that absolutely nothing's going to work without hard work, you know, and uh, these guys, you know, don't get caught up into, you know, the social media and, and the trappings that come with that. Be a professional and work hard. That's it. And, and that's for, for anybody that is trying to make their way in the world is to work hard. One more, three tips. Uh, hard work, uh, stay, stay healthy. And last one, uh, put family first. You know, it's not a cliche, put family first because they're going to have your back no matter what. Now you're known as a serial entrepreneur. Uh, when did you realize that you were going to be an entrepreneur? Uh, when did you feel that you had the entrepreneur bug, if you will? I don't like being told okay <laughs> you know it's kind of like <laughs> my it. own freedom and and that comes from 
you know, my dad uh, and his spirit, you know, uh, he lost his job with a corporate airline and he became one. Um, and yeah, that, that, that's it. And it depends on you. You don't have to worry about on anybody else. It all depends on you, you know, so you, you can make it happen or, or you don't. That's, that's, that's what it is. That's what it comes down to. And I think you will find that commonality uh, in everybody that cho chooses to take that path, you know? So that's the biggest thing with me. Are you spiritual? Do you have like a spiritual I'm very, routine? I'm very, I'm very spiritual. I'm not part of, uh, Jesus, I was just having this conversation yesterday. Oh. I'm not part of, uh, a big fan of organized religion. I was, I grew up in the church, but I felt like when I walked away from the church, I became even closer to the creator of, uh, of, of the universe. I feel like I became closer to my ancestors, you know, uh, that, that have been here before me, but I'm very spiritual. I, 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 I try to, um, connect every day. I try to connect every day with the, uh, with the creator. And so, I'm not, I don't give it a name, you know, of Allah, Jehovah, or whatever. I just say the creator because yeah, I'm just, I, I, I'm, I just, I'm just not into organized religion, no matter what it is, Okay. but I am spiritual, but I, I, I definitely am spiritual. Okay. Do you, um, do you do any type of like, what, what is your, what's your day to day look like? Uh, get up, go to the gym, come home, say my affirmations and what have you. You know, um, there's other stuff that I do that I don't want to want to say because people might think it's weird or whatever. But I don't know. I want to hear. It's I, probably I not weird. I'm just not going to say. <laughs> okay. but, uh, and then I start the day. I start the day. But uh, yeah, it, it starts with exercise and affirmations and uh, go, go from there. Okay. Yeah. Um, how important do you think it is to start your day with just that, the, the affirmations and, and, and setting the tone for the day? For me, it's very important. For me, it's, 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 it's very important because uh, I, you know, coming out the world I was in, it was very structured. And so that gives me some structure, you know? And so luckily, like I'm up here uh, in New York and I got some buddies, we get up at 530 and we, and we hit the gym. Uh, get our coffee and whatever and then if i'm in in texas i still get up at 4 45 i hit the gym at 5 30 and that's my routine you know uh yeah you know as you say like you know i can't sit i don't have any uh trap set you know so i gotta go out and hunt you are a pioneer in the cannabis industry. I know we talked about it early on a little bit in the in the show, um, but you were the first athlete to openly talk about the benefits of cannabis uh, back in 2014, and that had to take a lot of courage. Did you realize that then, uh, like really what you were doing at that moment? Did you, did you really process that then, or was it one of those moments where you you thought about it after the fact? Uh, let me say that, you know, there was a couple guys before me, but there wasn't that many, but I was just speaking the truth, you know, and speaking about an issue that was affecting my community, 
you know, and that was the athlete community. But since it's, it's, it's spread to speaking about my community as an African-American, uh, speaking to my community as an athlete, you know, we've both been, both of them have been adversely affected by the prohibition of this, of, of, of this plant, particularly with our community. Uh, you know, we, we, when, you know, when, when it was in the black market, we participated in arrests and incarceration and what have you. And so as Al Sharpton said, you know, let's not let the white boys go to the bank and we still going to jail over this plant, you know, so that's very important to me, uh, to bring it to my community and then bring it to the athlete community and, and, and let them know about the the economics and and the health benefits of this plant. Um, what what uh, what's your passion? What what drives you out of all the things that you're doing? What what's your motivation? What's your passion? Fear of failure, mm-hmm. always been, always. <laughs> you got you got to keep you up at night. Okay. Keep you up at night. Yeah, and the other thing is. Is, is helping helping people, you know, helping people. That's the biggest thing. Because I know, like, you know, my time on this earth is, is, is going to, to end, and I want to go to a good place. I want to go to the best place. And I think, you know, as above, so below, you know, uh, it, it, what you do on this side, I think it can have an effect on the other side. So I, I, I want to be a good person, you know, and and do right by people, you know, <laughs> but sometimes, you know, yeah. Um, to that point of you giving and, and wanting to give, how do you give to you? How do you give to yourself so that you're able to give to other people? Uh, being consistent with what I do. You know, I don't go out and try to hurt anybody. I don't go out to try to mess over anybody. I don't try to whatever. You know, and and if I do, it, it's definitely not intentional. I'm just trying to be a, uh, a good person. Yeah. What's what's next? What's next for you? Uh, you know, I want to have the hand of born in, in, in a few and and travel more. You know, everybody always complained. <laughs> you know. Uh, uh, when I say that, I want to travel more, and they're like, but you do travel. I'm like, yeah. nah, I want to travel. I, I definitely want to travel. I know that's how I want to spend the last, you know, part, the last quarter of my life is, is traveling, because there's so much that I haven't seen. Uh, there's so much that I want to do and, and see, and I hope I get that opportunity. Yeah, it's so interesting that you're saying that. I feel the same. When you travel, it does. It it opens up your mind to so many different things, Um, the simplest things that you didn't even know, you know, operated the way that it operates. Um, It's a beautiful thing to witness and experience. Yeah, you get to see all of the creators, creatures, you know, and how they're living. And you get to see, sometimes you get to see the past. Sometimes you can take a glimpse at the future. Sometimes you can see, like, how we all come together. And so that's what I want to do. I would like to wrap with the segment that I call tell and tell, which is a play on the word show and tell. What is Mm -hmm. something that you can tell us about yourself that we don't know about you? A secret, if you will, about you. No secrets. uh, Something uh, that you haven't shared. Okay, here here it is. Uh, Every Sunday night, I try to watch Turn Turn and Me with classic silent movies. 
I absolutely love silent movies. I absolutely love uh, old movies. Uh, nobody knows that about me. Well, a few, a few people know about it, but I absolutely love like the, the classic movies and I, lo- I love silent movies because even though they're not speaking, they're so expressive. I'm, I'm very respectful of that talent. Oh, I love that. That was the ba- That is the one consistent consistent segment I asked at the end of every show, and that was such a beautiful response. I'm always just amazed to hear what someone's going to say, but I have to check that out. So, is there what network? Where do you where do you tune in? It's on uh, Turner Music uh, uh, at TMC, uh, Turner um, uh, Movie Classics, and they have all the classics. But Sunday night at midnight, mm-hmm. uh, they show the silent movies. And okay. you can see, you can watch some of the greats from Pearl Lloyd and Charlie Chapman and um, Gloria Swanson and Mary Pickford and seeing Hollywood and uh, some of their stories. And it's still just human interest stories, still of overcoming, of love, of strife, of coming together. Even like during um, a Black History Month, they have Oscar Marshall which was one of the original black producers, the first one, and, and some of his, his movies and, and seeing those, it's, it's like unbelievable. It's like a masterclass in, in, in history. Uh, what are you learning most out of, out of watching that? Is it something that you're learning, taking away the, the most from that? Just life lessons, you know, because I, I truly believe if you don't learn from the past, you're, you're going to repeat it because you won't know about it. So, you know, just life lessons there. And some of them, you know, they end up with, the, with, with, with their arrow pointing north in most of the stories. So you see that good uh, is the overall theme and arch of hum- humanity. I think we all try to do good. We all try to do good. At least we, at the end of the day, I feel, I personally feel that even when you do bad, your, your heart is leading you to do good because that is what we are all designed to be doing. So I think um, that's what we put here on this earth is to do, absolutely. do good and help each other out. Absolutely. And that's, that's really the purpose of this entire show. So I thank you. Um, I thank you for being here. Uh, for sharing some life lessons and sharing some nuggets on this show. If someone wants to uh, follow your journey and be in tune with you, how can they go about doing that? Twitter, mwash52. And that's me on Twitter and Instagram. Those are the two social media platforms that I'm on. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. All right. Hey, listen, have a good holiday. You too. Well, that is it for this episode of The Journey Told Show. I'm going to leave you with words that my father would so often say to me, and that's to be the best version of you that you can be. Until next time, folks, let that sizzle in your spirit.